Hello and welcome to this Friday episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castor, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how you doing? Fry-yay, Adam. Fry-yay. We've made it. What yes. a week. What a week. And now we get to end the week talking about some football. I'm, I'm good. What a it week was, uh, Yeah, it was, uh, it was a crazy week. We all lived to tell the tale. And um, I was able to collect most of my league fees. I, uh, I was judge, jury, executioner this week in uh, collecting league fees. So the leagues will be official. It is that time. It's a hard job, and but somebody's got to do it. We are going to be crowning champions this year. It's kind of crazy, given where we were at the beginning of the season, talking about the doom and gloom and not really sure that we would get to this point. But we have. We're more than halfway through. It's funny because you as a commissioner believe that you're going to be able to finish the season and crown the champion. But the commissioner of the big league, the real league, is probably not as confident as you are that they're going to finish the season and be able to crown a champion. Well, Roger Goodell has his own issues. I have mine. My issue was trying to make sure that we'd have a champion in a fair and precise manner. And everything I laid out at the beginning of the season has met its course. All the qualifications have been met. And we're going to have a champion in all of my leagues. And hopefully our listeners were able to take my advice and implement it in their leagues as well. And they will be having champions as well. Because the worst thing for a commissioner to have is to just be sitting on money. Because honestly, what I would what I would be doing if let's just say the league year was canceled and I just had people that paid already, I would be sitting on that money for an entire year. I would just say, you know what? You paid for next year. Done. I have your money. Sit on it. But it's like we're in November. And if the season was canceled, that's we're talking 10 months of sitting on X amount of dollars. That's, that's, that's a long time. It's a yeah. long time. Well, the, that's one of those things where it's like you have all this money and like refunds would be kind of an act, kind of like a bitch. Cause like, oh, I wouldn't you, do them. I wouldn't yeah. do them. Well, even, even if you're like, if people were thinking about it, like refunds would be annoying. And just like, also what you said, like sitting on the money. Cause it's like, it's not like it's in a separate, you can't like separate your money in like a folder or something. You just like, or like put it in a, you put it in like a, in a vault or something, you know? Well, I mean, I put them in more. envelopes. I put yeah. them in envelopes is what I did. I just went to the bank, took out the cash and put them in envelopes. That's just kind of, I know it's, it's a very 1970s way of well, me a good to, way to uh, do it. collecting money, but yeah, it's the best way to do it. It's the safest way to do it, but it's just, Making sure you know where those envelopes are in the next 10 months, you know, making sure they're in a spot where you're going to find them 10 months later is just kind of like, oh, well, the worst thing is like, oh, your money's uh, no longer with us. Yeah, I may have lost the money for the league and my credibility is now gone as a commissioner. Great, because I can't keep track of something for more than five minutes, let alone for more than 10 months. Anyway, uh the future is the future. Let's talk about the present. And well, actually, let's well, talk about the past. First. Is it the pre- I was about to say, is it the present? Well, let's talk about the past. The fe- the, re- the most recent past. Uh, this game happened about 12 hours, finished about 12 hours ago. 12 and a half hours ago. You know what was interesting about this game? 
Is this game was, was exactly three hours. That's what you like to see. It was wonderful. And I will have to make a, a small, tiny confession. Small, tiny one, tiny one. I did not watch the game. No, well, me neither. Because I had more, you know, I think like a lot of people, you had more pressing issues to worry about. Oh, no, I was watching The Bachelorette. Oh, well, yeah. I figured you were watching The Bachelorette. But, yeah, I was watching coverage of the, the big the – big, it's like the Super Bowl. You can't call it the Super Bowl. It's like the big game. The, the big thing. event. The, the, the big thing. event that's on TV. I was watching coverage of it. The uh, thing that is keeping most sane people from watching cable news because yeah. nobody wants to fucking hear about it anymore. Yes, that, yes. that thing. Yeah. Yes, I was, I was watching The Bachelorette um, over the game. I did watch the second half of the game, though. Uh, first half, I had to go back and watch. You picked on, the worst uh, half out of the two of them. Yeah, it's true. I had to go back and watch the first half, though, on Game Pass, and I was able to, uh, to watch the entire first half. But actually, live, t- live time, I did not watch the first half because I was watching things that were of more important value at that specific time. Partially also because in five leagues, I did not have a single player that I, ha- I either had or that I was going up against in that game. Well, that's interesting. You'd think that in a game like this, you'd have at least a couple. But with all of the injuries and all of the COVID stuff, it just it just didn't happen that way. Well, I had to make a decision on Aaron Rodgers. He was the only guy that I could have had, and I sat Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I, yeah. But the, my backup option is Big Ben against Dallas. See, that's that's fine though. That's like that's fine. I think we talked about that on Tuesday or Monday or something. Maybe yeah. Tuesday, where it was like, listen, you get you, you have if you have somebody like Big Ben, you're kind of okay with draw with benching Aaron Rodgers. In this scenario. Yeah. Even though Aaron Rodgers, let's be real, he just went off in this game. Well, you see, before we get to the Packers 49ers, I just wanted to make sure that I had all the points from, from that Pittsburgh offense going up against Dallas because I also have James Conner in that league. So mm-hmm. it, bas- it basically is protecting myself and making sure that I have all the touchdowns that could potentially happen. Unless, of course, the Steelers want to get real cute and do end arounds with Chase Claypool or give Benny Snell on yard touchdowns. Those are really, really cute. And those push my fucking buttons like you won't believe. Aaron Rodgers goes back to the Bay Area and pumps the 49ers. Another news, the sky is blue. Today is November 6th, and it is 11.38 a.m. on Friday. Doesn't he have like a losing record going up against the Niners in the Bay Area? Does he? I thought, I, that, I, I thought they said that on the, on the broadcast. I feel like, though, I think because – all, every single time I've seen Aaron Rodgers go to San Francisco and play the 49ers, he's got, he's, he, him personally, he has gone off. Well, he's got to remember, that's, that's the team that didn't draft him. Yeah. Well, I know that, well, I mean, last year, the, uh, the NFC Championship game, the, the Packers got rocked. That's a big yes. one. And that was in, yeah. that was in San Francisco. Rock is a nice way to put it. Yeah. Um, well, the one, the other one I'm thinking of was in the playoffs. It was in, uh, that was, I think, in 2013 or 2014, the Colin Kaepernick year. 
one of the Colin Kaepernick years. For a second there, you sounded like John Gruden. I don't no. know why. I just I, I closed my eyes for a split second. And I said, oh, my God, I feel like I'm talking to John Gruden. Uh, that was in Lambeau, though. But, uh, but the Packers won, won there. So, I don't know. I can't, listen, I can't – I don't remember every single game because I'm not a fan of either of these teams. I'm a fan so, of either of these teams. I don't – that, that was my best John Gruden. Yours is way better than mine. I do a good one, but it, it's whatever. Please it's, do it. Satisfy me. Not a fan of either of these teams. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not a fan of either of these teams, man. But listen, Aaron Rodgers, man, he's a bad man, man. <laughs> Your John Gruden's really good. Your John well, Gruden is really, really good. Oh, what, what other one did I do really well? I did Kevin Harlan really well also. Kevin Harlan, that was the other one. Yeah, I'm not doing that one either. Please do it. Oh, my God. It's Friday. Fuck it. You're killing me. A touchdown! It's a touchdown for Jared Cook. <laughs> this is the kind. This is the kind of content that people want. It's true. Well, my Kevin Harlan. It's one of those things where I need to like, like somehow. I'm listen. I'm not a professional voice actor, but I need to get it down like a like a couple octaves to be actual Kevin Harlan. To be anything close to how he actually is. I have the mat, I have like the tone, the intensity. But I just don't have the don't have the pitch. Well, you know what? There is such a thing as a as a B effort. That is a B effort right there. <laughs> that is superb, superb stuff. As someone that doesn't um, really do impressions, I'll, I'll take it. You'll, you'll, oh hell yeah, you'll take it. Very, very talented radio professional. Very talented. Can take his voice and go to certain octaves and has multiple degrees. Buy or sell? Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the National Football League. Damn it, I was gonna do that. I was watching the. I was I was catching. I caught the highlights of this game, and I you just saw Devonte Adams everywhere. It's unbelievable. I mean, also listen. Aaron Rodgers has been putting balls in places where you couldn't even think passes would go for Devonte Adams. He has been throwing beautiful, beautiful passes for Devonte Adams. Devonte, I was like, wow, this is amazing. I've ne- there's nobody in a better situation than me than me right now. It's true. It's really true. Yeah, it, it's a buy. It's a buy. Devontae Adams is just he's ridiculous. And we all know that he is my son. Adam, could you confirm this? Devontae mm-hmm. Adams is my son. He is my offspring. You are the father. And I'm a very proud father of my son, Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers looks he's looked as good as he's ever had, really. He he really, really does. I think the next uh question for my buyer sell has got to be going forward rest of season is Aaron Rodgers a must start come oh, hell yeah. or high water well if Devontae Adams is available then yeah you think so it, it, this is you're pending it on if Devontae Adams is available yeah all right so what happens if Devontae Adams gets hurt again would you still play Aaron Rodgers despite how well he's been playing it would depend on the matchup at that point, it would depend on the matchup. Well, I'm looking here or the at his schedule. Also. I'm looking here at his schedule the rest of the way. And it, Adam, it is fucking delightful. Next week, he's at home versus Jacksonville. Oh, my God. Then he goes to Indianapolis, which that is going to be a fascinating matchup, given the, the number one pass defense against Aaron Rodgers. That's going to be 
fascinating. I Xavier literally Rhodes. don't remember the last time that the Packers played the Colts. <laughs> uh, neither do I. Well, we're going to get it now. Uh, the Week 12 matchup is the Chicago Bears are going to Lambeau. Then we have Week 13, the Eagles go to Lambeau. Christ. And then in the fantasy playoffs at Detroit, at home versus Carolina, and then week 16 at home versus Tennessee. All right. I changed my mind. Aaron Rodgers is a must start. I think so. But did, I mean, regardless. Yeah. Because I, I, I think, think so. that Mar- the MVS had a good game also with a two touchdowns. Yeah, he caught a 55-yard touchdown. Yeah, no, it was a fifty-two yard touchdown. Fifty-two. Yep, because he only had he had fifty-three yards in the game. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so 52, 52 yard touchdown and one yard touchdown. Both That's ends right. Then he, caught, then he caught the other one. That's right. Yep, two catches, two touchdowns, fifty-three yards. Uh, <sighs> if only, if only you could take those fifty-two yards away. I know. Those fifty-one yards away. And he'd have two catches for two yards and two touchdowns. The double immaculate stat line. I know, but only Mike Evans. Only Kings put up two catches for two yards and two touchdowns. And Mike Evans is a young king. Well, you know who did put up immaculate an immaculate stat line? Who? Mercedes Lewis. Oh, we had an immaculate stat line last night? Mm-hmm. One catch, one yard, and a touchdown? Yep. Oh. On one target, too. Oh. Wow. Yep. That's exciting. Yep. Mercedes Lewis, he's headed to the club. Welcome to our club. Welcome to our club. Welcome, Mercedes. Welcome, Mercedes. Welcome, Mercedes. It's very exciting. That's so exciting. I love it. Welcome. Um, before we move on, I want to do a buy or sell about the Niners. Because Surely. this is worth talking about. Buy or sell, Jermichael Hasty has been overhyped. Buy. Yeah, it, it, it always comes down. This is, the op- this is the thing that I have with certain guys, right? It comes down to there's a very fine line between opportunity and talent. You need to have the talent in order to take advantage of the opportunity. It's kind of like the Clyde Edwards-Alaire example that we've been talking about since the dawn of the dinosaurs, where Clyde Edwards-Alaire had the most perfect opportunity in the planet, on the planet to be the starting running back for the Kansas City Chiefs and to be lining up in the backfield every freaking snap next to Patrick Mahomes. But the problem was Andy Reid is not really a guy that likes to use his running backs a whole lot. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. You still have to give the ball to, to Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, whole bit. And I don't think anybody's calling Clyde Edwards-Alaire an elite running back. I know he's putting him in the class of Derrick Henry or Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott. The guy can't score from the one-yard line. Right, exactly. But with Jermichael Hasty, this is an example of a – I would say he's a good player. I'm not going to say that he's a terrible player by any means, but he's a good player. This is a guy that a couple weeks ago was the – fourth or fifth option on the depth chart that now has now has risen up to be the 1A or 1B in this offense, which is completely depleted. And you need guys to win fantasy championships 
that are on good teams that will take advantage of their opportunities. So when we're looking at fantasy championship rosters at the end of the year and who the most owned players were on those rosters, I could guarantee you that you'll have a Aaron Rodgers on there. I can guarantee you you'll see Devontae Adams on there. I can guarantee you we'll see Aaron Jones on there. But I just don't see anybody from the 49ers being part of key championship rosters now that George Kittle is out of the picture. Yeah, you know, I look, I look at this also. entire team, and I, I just see mess after mess after mess after mess. This, this, this is a team that could be picking top 10 in the draft. Again. Again, right. And I don't see how anybody could potentially be excited about the 49ers. So I'm looking at guys like Debo Samuel when he comes back. I think Brandon Ayuk is still, still can contribute. I really do. I think Richie James there is some potential there that you could add him and kind of see how he looks. Uh, he had a really, really nice game last night. So he'll be definitely one of the top talked about guys for waivers uh, this upcoming week. But I'm looking at guys like Jordan Reed, one catch for three yards. Not really that impressive. Uh, Ross Dwelly had, had a nice contribution last night as well. Uh, Jerick McKinnon had a late touchdown at garbage time, which really aided his day a little bit. Those kind of guys I'm not really interested in because – I just don't see those players being on championship rosters when the team is going to be so freaking terrible. You're right. You're definitely right. I mean, this, this offense is so depleted. It's so, it just doesn't. Yeah. It, I mean, I think the, well, the 49ers, I think are definitely regretting signing Jimmy Garoppolo to that contract. Well, I don't know if they're, they're going to say they regret it because what they can do is the way the contract was written out, they can get out of the contract this offseason and eat very little money. Well, they might, they probably will. Because the guy, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo cannot stay on the field. No. No. And you, just, you just can't. It's well, unfortunate. Even when, he, even, even when he is on the field, is he good? Yeah. Like, is there, anybody, is there anybody out there right now that is saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is good? No. Not who was saying who Adam? I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. Okay. Who was saying that Jimmy Garoppolo was bad before anybody else was? Us. Correct. Although I thought that you liked him when he signed it when he got traded and he signed his contract. I liked him, but there was also something else that I saw where it was he was impressive in certain situations in New England but then went to San Francisco and it's a whole new offense. And he just has turned into this elite game manager. Like there's nothing impressive about a guy that will barely throw for 300 yards and will only do it if his team is down by 25. Like for me, that's just not impressive. It's the same thing with someone like Jared Goff. Jared Goff threw for 375 yards against the Dolphins, but that was because they were getting fucking smoked. You're right. So it, it all comes down to certain conditions that, that, that are applied and looking at stats and, and, and things like that. I think Jimmy Garoppolo can be good. I think he's, he's a talent in and of itself, but I just don't think that he is the guy that should be – like we, I, I'm not willing to associate Jimmy Garoppolo – as like this prototype Kyle Shanahan quarterback because he's not, he's not. 
and Jimmy Garoppolo is not the guy that should be leading Kyle Shanahan's offense. You need something. You need someone more explosive than that. And Jimmy Garoppolo is just not that. How much you want to bet? Imagine if Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers, trade for Matt Ryan. That would be something. Or the or the Falcons just cut Matt Ryan, which they would never do. But if they they trade, they would trade for him. Would, that would be something. Can you imagine Matt Ryan in that offense? Matt Ryan with George Kittle. I know. You're getting all giddy thinking about it. Oh man, it would be like Matt Ryan toning his ass. Oh, would it? Yeah. Is George Kittle a Hall of Fame tight end now? Hall of Fame caliber. <gasps> We have another Hall of Fame caliber tight end besides Hunter Henry. His name is George Kittle. Yep. We were there for his whole rise. Actually, we were. Both of us. We were like, man, this George Kittle guy is looking really good. Yeah. And there it is. All right. So Oof. there we go. And here we are talking about him as a uh, potential Hall of Famer. Anyway. As a Hall of Fame caliber tight end, we have two in the league. We have George Kittle and we have Hunter Henry. Any more, Adam? Any more? I will not comment on this matter further. Is Travis Kelsey a Hall of Fame caliber tight end? Sure. Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Fame caliber tight end. We have got our third from the man who has multiple degrees and is a radio professional. Anyway... Let's move on to the games that are yet to happen. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yep. Very exciting stuff. We have an interconference. An inter, actually, it's an inter, interconference match between the Seahawks and the Bills. That's what it is. And uh, Seattle making the long trip cross country going to Buffalo. This game should be actually pretty good. Oh, this so, game could be terrific. Yeah. Uh, Big, the big thing about this game as far as injuries, I mean, it's just Seattle, really. I mean, they, you look at all the names that are on the injury report for Seattle. It's actually pretty sad when you see it. Um, because, you mean all of their running backs? Yeah, literally all of their running backs. Um, I mean, David Moore is on the injury report. He didn't practice on Good. Thursday. Good. <laughs> Travis Homer. He was limited on Thursday. Chris Carson did not practice on Thursday. Almost all of their corners uh, are injured. Ryan Neal, Shaquille Griffin. Carlos Hyde's not playing. They already said that. DJ Reed is questionable. Have I told the story about why I hate uh, David Moore? No. I thought it was just because of your love of DK Metcalf. No, 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 no. When DK Metcalf scored the touchdown in overtime two weeks ago that was called back on the hold by David Moore, I had money on DK Metcalf scoring oh, a touchdown any time yes. and then the Seahawks minus three and a half. So that took away a nice little win for me thanks to David Moore. So fuck David Moore. Yeah. Anyway, so we have that. And then for, uh, for Buffalo, uh, Dawson Knox came off the COVID list, which is good. So they're going to have him as, their, uh, as a tight end. Splendid. And – yeah, that's kind of it for, for, for Buffalo as far as the offense players are concerned. So as far as your starter meter is concerned, Russell Wilson. Uh, what week is he not at 10? Not this one. I'll tell you that. Nope. We'll have to wait another week to potentially yep. see if he's not at 10. 10. Chris Carson, if he plays, 
Uh, if he plays eight, eight, the Bills defense was just carved up by Damian Harris, who they let up a hundred yard game to. So if Chris Carson plays, he's a he's a pretty good good option. I think the same thing for uh, DJ Dallas if he is the guy. But they also have said that Travis Homer uh, will be ready to go for uh, for this matchup. So I think it might be more of a committee uh, if Chris Carson is not the guy between Travis Homer and DJ Dallas. So then, with that being said, what are your ratings for uh, D, uh, DJ Dallas and Travis Homer? Oh, God. Um, I would say probably a six for both. Okay. Probably and that's a six if, for both. And that's a conditional on if Chris Carson doesn't play? Yes. If Chris Carson is out, then it's a six for both of them just because of the committee that I feel like will be there. But if it's Carson, if it's Carson in with the two of them – they're both not in the picture for me. Okay. Um, and then, of course, DK Metcalf's got to be in the same boat as Russell Wilson as a 10. Yeah, I mean, he has 90-plus receiving yards in every game but one and has seven touchdowns in seven games. I mean, this guy is just a freak. He continues to get better. This is, this is our new Megatron. This is the, the generation that's coming up now where the kids that weren't watching football or – we're too young to remember Calvin Johnson in his prime and everything that he did. This is what DK Metcalf is. DK Metcalf is our new Megatron. He, and he might be better if I do say so myself. Well, that's he, a bold statement. He just might be. And I mean, the guy's 23 years old. And does uh, Calvin Johnson still hold the record for receiving yards in the season? Yes. Okay. I yes, remember that game. That was really, really cool. <laughs> I mean, D- DK Metcalf, I mean, he's just a freaking beast. I know. And, I mean, I I don't think that he's going to have a monster game like he did last week just because Redavious White will be covering him. But I still think he'll be in for, for a, a really good game. But put it this way, you're not benching DK Metcalf. You're playing him 10. Well, he wouldn't be anyway. Yeah, you wouldn't be benching him anyway. No, no. It's oh funny. Oh, God, no. Because we talked to when we when we were doing the fantasy show, the required radio fantasy show, we were talking about this draft class with DK Metcalf, and it was like, I guess it was 2019 that we talked about that we were doing the uh, the draft preview for the re, for the receivers. It's crazy. I think DK Metcalf is only his second year in the league, and he's already he's already broken out like this. He was one of my favorite receivers that year. We and were saying when- that like if he does it, if he stays off the field, because he had a couple of like major injuries. And mm-hmm. I think we both thought that he that with a guy with this with this frame that he was gonna he was something was gonna happen. But I'm pretty sure that when we did that mock, when we went through and did the three and a half hour mock draft show, whatever the hell it was, um, I that was two years ago. I thought that was 2018. That was the three and a half hour. Yeah, what, what, whichever year it was, whichever year it was. We did, whenever we, whenever we did the mock draft, I'm pretty sure that I, I, I I'm a hundred percent sure that I had DK Metcalf being a first-round pick. And then when he just completely fell to Seattle and I saw DK Metcalf is going with Russell Wilson, I just said to myself, holy shit, yeah. that's going to be a situation. And here we are. Yep. And uh, Tyler Lockett in this game. He's another 10. Another 10. Yep. Uh, Greg Olson's questionable in this game. So if he doesn't play, I guess it's, it's Will Disley. Is Will Disley injured? Is he on IR? Who's the nope. backup tight end? It'll be Will Disley or Jacob Hollister, one or the yeah. other. But I just don't think – I'm not investing in a Seattle tight end for the most part. Okay. And then for Buffalo, 
Joshua Allen going up against the depleted Seattle defense. I'm going to say an eight for Josh Allen because I think Josh Allen has really slowed down a little bit. He hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in two weeks and in two of the last three matchups, he hasn't had 155 passing yards. So that is obviously a major, major concern. Uh, he didn't have the touchdown, uh, the rushing touchdown last week uh, in week eight, excuse me. Yeah. Last week uh, would have been a, a disaster for, uh, for Josh Allen. So I'm going to say an eight here. It's a great matchup for him, and I expect Josh Allen to get back on track. But there are some concerns here. Who do you think is the better running back here out of Devin Singletary and Zach Moss? I think it's Zach Moss now. I think it's Zach Moss now. I think they've shown that they like Zach Moss for his end zone acumen. And I think for now, if you're looking for a guy that's going to potentially get you some touchdowns, I think it's going to be Zach Moss. So – for me, rest of season, I like Zach Moss more than I like Devin Singletary. And it sucks to say because I think Devin Singletary has looked much, much better. All right. Uh, Stefan Diggs. Ten. Yeah. Ten. John Brown. Mm, five. And Cole Beasley. Uh, six. Six. I think, he's, I think he's a viable flex this week. I think Josh Allen will have to drop back and throw the ball 35, 40 times. And I think Cole Beasley will get his looks. And then are you worried about the tight ends at all? No. Okay. No. We can move on to uh, Baltimore and Indianapolis. Ah, look at this. Baltimore and Indianapolis. This should be a rivalry game, but it isn't. A rivalry as old as time. Considering the the history of Baltimore and the Colts and all that. But it it is not, unfortunately. Uh, As far as the injury report is concerned, uh, the big players that are on the report for both teams, Mark Ingram remains sidelined at Thursday's practice. It's all comes down, it all comes down to Friday to see what he does on Friday. Because if he doesn't do anything on Friday, then it is J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. And then for Indianapolis, uh, T.Y. Hilton did not participate on Thursday's practice. Estimate, it was an estimate because I think something happened with the uh, Colts facility. And then um, Marley Cox was a limited participant in Wednesday's practice. There's no report on Thursday. So with that being said, let's move on and talk about Lamar Jackson. You know, I, you're going to call me freaking crazy for this, but Lamar Jackson, the starter meter is a four. Uh, would not be the first time that I would have called you crazy for something, but really he's a four? Yeah, I think if you have a better option on your bench, I think this is a great time to go comparison shopping, Adam. This is the best time of the week. Let's go look up some deals. I mean, Lamar Jackson's going against a Colts defense that's just been really, really, really good. And I actually don't mind the Colts defense to start this week. I I really, really don't. I mean, there's a chance that Lamar Jackson goes off. I'm not saying there isn't. But I just look at how Lamar Jackson has looked in the last couple weeks, and it has not been the same Lamar Jackson as the guy that we saw last year because teams have figured him out. Teams have figured out this offense as a one-trick pony. And, you know, until Lamar Jackson really gets to be more of a consistent thrower, you have to worry about him in games where the matchups don't look that great for him. And the the ratings on the start-o-meter are going to reflect that for most of the Baltimore Ravens whose fantasy values really do hinge on Lamar Jackson being able to throw the ball. Here are some names. I want you to tell me whether or not you'd rather have Lamar Jackson or these players. 
Sure. These players are – I'm going to go from 11 to 16 on in these Fantasy Pro rankings for quarterbacks. Well, where does Fantasy Pros have Lamar Jackson? Nine. Nine? Yeah. I have him lower than that. Wow. I have him at 12. The only reason I'm going for – for 11 to 16 is because 10 is Ben Roethlisberger. And I think that's pretty obvious. That's, that's easy one. Yeah. 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 So would you rather have Lamar Jackson or Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan. Would you rather have Lamar Jackson or Ryan Tannehill? Ooh, they're back to back in my rankings. I have Lamar Jackson higher. Would you rather have Lamar Jackson or Cam Newton? another one they're, they're right next to each other it's ryan Tannehill on one end and cam newton on the other i'm going cam lamar jackson or Derek carr lamar jackson lamar jackson or drew Brees. lamar jackson lamar jackson or teddy bridgewater i want to take that last one back okay when i did my ranks i did them as if michael thomas was not going to play if michael thomas plays I will go with Drew Brees. If Michael Thomas does not play, I will go with Lamar Jackson. But it is looking like Michael Thomas is on track to play. He's logged two consecutive days of practices. It looks like he's at least trending in the right direction. So I might be saying Brees, uh, you know, tomorrow if we know that Michael Thomas has been, you know, cleared to play and he's good to go. Uh, Lamar Jackson or Teddy Bridgewater, that's another easy one, Lamar Jackson. Okay. So there are some options there. I, I'd be surprised if you would have somebody like Matt Ryan or Ryan Tannehill on your roster already if you have Lamar Jackson because I feel like you would have – because since you picked Lamar Jackson as early as you probably did, you would have had to use the later rounds where Matt Ryan would have been available and Ryan Tannehill would have been available to, uh, to flush out the depth of your team. So I don't know. But, I mean, I would check out the – to see what's going on in the waiver wire. Um, but if you have a better option, then yeah, start Lamar Jackson. I guess that's what you're, you're saying here. Yeah, if, you've, if you have a better option, start that better option over Lamar Jackson. Because it's, it's very possible that you took Lamar Jackson, but then you also took Aaron Rodgers, who was going late in drafts. Ben Roethlisberger was going very late in drafts. Uh, Cam Newton was going late in drafts. Ryan Tannehill was, some leagues, he wasn't even drafted. So, and odds are maybe you picked up Ryan Tannehill just as a depth piece. You know, those options are, I can see the rationale to start all those guys over Lamar Jackson. Or if you have, like, if you picked up somebody like Justin Herbert also. Sure, sure, absolutely. Justin Herbert is automatic start, yes. Yeah. That's one I think we should also, you know, talk about. And we'll, we'll get to Justin Herbert more in depth when we get there. But Justin Herbert, absolutely. If you have Justin Herbert or Lamar Jackson, you're starting Justin Herbert, yes. Mental sentence. That's what that is. For the Ravens, the running backs, Mark Ingram, if he plays. Four. J.K. Dobbins. Seven. Gus Edwards. Six. And that's if Mark Ingram doesn't play, I guess? That's if Mark Ingram doesn't play. If Mark Ingram plays, they're both like a four with Ingram. Okay. Maybe Dobbins, I would say, in PPR is like a five. And then for the receivers, Marquise Hollywood-Brown. You see, this is a tough matchup for – for Hollywood, but I think him coming out and, and saying what he said, that he wants more of the ball, maybe that makes an impact. Maybe Lamar Jackson tries to get him the ball. But for me, 
he had a season low in targets, catches, and yards last week against the Steelers. He did score. Um, but the fact that he's just so uninvolved in his offense is a big red flag. So I'm going to say a five. I was going to say, Des Bryant is already having influence on Marquise Brown already. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then anybody else for this Ravens receiving core before we move on? Um, Willie Sneed, I would continue to monitor. Uh, he had a nice game last week. So that's something that I would just continue to look at. Miles Boykin, even potentially, but nobody else outside of that. All right. And then Mark Andrews. You started Mark Andrews. It's getting really hard to keep on trusting him. I mean, if you have someone like Noah Fant or Gronk on the waiver wire and you were able to pick him up, then I would be starting both of them over Andrews. Mark Andrews is like a six. You know, I think, if yeah. you, again, if you have a better option. You can be like a Fant or a Gronkowski, like I said. That's the play. That's very interesting. Uh, that's super interesting because I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Mark Andrews isn't getting more involved in the, in the, in the offense. Well, it comes down to just the fact that Mark Andrews is just not getting on the receiving end of some of the shitty throws that Lamar Jackson throwing to him, personally. And I said, I said at the beginning, you know, the, the ratings are going to be affected by the fact that Lamar Jackson is having real issues throwing the football. Yeah. Well, who knows? I mean, the Colts have a really good defense also. Not as good as Pittsburgh's was last week, but the, the Colts do still have a good defense. They're so. good. They have a very good defense. A very, very, very good defense. Sneaky good. That's, I'm still shocked that they lost to Jacksonville week one. I'm completely shocked that, this ha- that that even happened. Yeah, that's fair. In my mind, that's in a different reality. And I think in Frank Reich's mind, it's also in a different reality. <laughs> um, for the, moving on to the Colts then. Uh, Phillip Rivers. Two. Could be without his top two weapons. Yep. Two. And then Jonathan Taylor. Is he trustworthy? Oh, that's a really, really, really good question. Um, he's like a five for me. I think if you own Jonathan Taylor and you don't have Jordan Wilkins, that's a major problem. And you need to make sure that you go pick up Jordan Wilkins, especially if you're in a position where you're struggling at running back and there aren't many options out there on waiver wire, Jordan Wilkins should be absolutely added. Um, he just has not been getting it done lately. And he's another one example of these rookie running backs that I just did not want to really lean towards because of something like this. And yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is like a five. Yeah. Uh, in the fantasy pros rankings, Jonathan Taylor is at 25 and Jordan Wilkins is at thir- is at 33 and Naeem Hines is at 34. So how does that how does that square with your rankings? It's exactly the same in that order. Wow. So there you go. Um are you as are you starting Naeem Hines at full are you putting Naeem Hines as, as a flex here? No. No, I think this has this has chasing points just written all over it. This is like what um, happened with with week one, where you had the two receiving touchdowns. And- Bingo! We look we look we looked like geniuses for uh, for a very small period of time, and then managed to uh, look pretty silly again. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this is another one of those examples. So, I am uh, I am fading Naeem Hines this week for sure. Man, I thought Marlon Mack was on IR. I didn't know he morphed into Ma- into Naeem Hines. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. It, 
there's a name. I'm I'm coining this. There's a name for this. It's called it's called Marlon Mack syndrome. Is where a player performs really big in one week. Everybody starts him, and then he and then he shits the bed. That is Marlon Mack syndrome. That does sound like uh, the Marlon Mack that I do know and love. Yeah, love is a strong word. Yes, it is. Uh, and for the receivers, T.Y. Hilton might not be playing, um, but I think that you've said this as crazy as it sounds in 2020. T.Y. Hilton just isn't worth a start anymore. No, no, I, I don't even think he's worth a roster spot anymore. Oh God, 2020 claims another victim. It does T.Y. Hilton? And then uh, any other receivers on this uh, Colts roster that you want to talk about? Um. I don't think I'm starting any of the Colts receivers. I mean, if there's guys that I would continue to monitor, it's Zach Pascal and Michael Pittman. Uh, Pascal led the team in targets last week, but he's not very good. And only was, I only had 44 yards last week, so it's not really something that I'm really looking for. Um, Michael Pittman had one catch on one target in his return from injury. So, I mean, there will be more available targets there for, for Pittman, but I just don't see either one of them getting the, the nod this week against a very good Ravens defense. And if the Colts are going up against a terrible team, then maybe we could talk about them as potential flexes, but this is not the week. No. Yeah. I mean, the, the Ravens are still a really good defense and it's one of those things where even it, like you're not really worried. You're not really doing anything with the Colts offense because the Colts offense is not one of those offenses that can overcome a defense like the Ravens. They just can't. Right. Especially with, that ridiculous front seven that they have now after they traded for Yannick Ngakwe a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Phil Burvis is going to be spending a lot of this game on his back. He might be. He definitely might be. And then for the uh, tight ends, um, Mo Alley Cox, if he plays four, and if he doesn't play, I guess it's Trey Burton and Jack Doyle and or Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle is a one Trey boo boo. I think is actually a good start this week. Believe it or not. I would say, I would say he's like a five. You know, if you if you need help, at, is that your uh, pet name for him? That is my pet name for him. Yes, Trey Boo Boo. Uh, if if you're struggling at tight end and you need somebody to pick up as potentially a spot start with an intriguing sort of upside, Trey Burton is that. He scored two rushing touchdowns the last two weeks, so his red zone usage definitely is something that Frank Reich has looked to take advantage of, and I think there's something there that Trey Burton potentially um, could get into the end zone in this game. Yeah, I think the – yeah, that could be interesting. I mean, I think that it's good that – well, Frank Reich is probably the, the, the one coach that got the most out of Trey Burton in, 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 throughout his career because, as you know, Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator during the, uh, the Super Bowl run for the Eagles. Correct. So, and he, he was the man who invented the Philly special. Awesome. Was him. So, there you go. The architect. Anyway, uh, next game, this game is going to be a shit show. It is the Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, boy. Did you see what J.J. Watt said, by the way? Where he no, said, what did he say? He was like, I don't have, I don't have 10 more years in the league. Um, I, I want to have a couple more good years. It almost seemed like he was like asking to be either traded after the season or cut or something so you can go to a contender interesting i don't i mean 
that's that's not for now it's for later but it's just interesting that he said that very interesting talking about the here and now um this game the reason that i think this game is gonna be a shit show is because there's no gardner Minshew. For right. the jake, Luton, jake Luton will be the starter for uh, for the jaguars sixth round rookie out of oregon state imagine if you're mike lennon put your put yourself in them in the mind of mike lennon you were mike glennon you are one of the most coveted free agent quarterbacks in 2013, 2014, maybe even 2012, as the uh, backup to Josh Freeman, who came in and did some good things when you were with the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You get a massive contract with the Chicago Bears. You shit the bed in your first couple of games. You make way for Mitch Trubisky, who outplays you, far and away outplays you. Then you are an expensive backup for the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals. And now you are being passed over for Jake Luton. I don't think Mike Lennon gives a shit when he already got his big payday. No, no, he did not. No, he does not. He does not. You know, it's funny because it, there were a lot of Jets fans around that time that wanted, a, that wanted the team to sign Mike Lennon. Which is, well, good thing. Good thing the Jets aren't. The Jets fans, is not, they are not the general manager. Yeah, well, thank God. Because then we, that after every loss, everybody would be fired. True. Good point. Anyway, this game, um, the big injury that we I already kind of talked about is that Gardner Minshew is going to be out for this game, and um, Jake Luton will be will be starting. So for your starter meter, Deshaun Watson for the Texans. Ten. Ten. He's a dynamite start. Uh, he was fantastic yeah. against them in week five to the tune of 359 yards and three touchdowns. The Jaguar defense just really has gotten worse since then. They allow just about 350 yards through the air per game. And Watson is just a fantastic start. Didn't uh, Wasn't this their one win? Their one win came against this same Jacksonville team? Correct. Yep. And then David Johnson. Uh, David Johnson, he's been like, he's kind of like floating around that flex sort of range. But the one game that he's been pretty good this year, which hasn't, really made people scratch their heads and be like, you know, what the hell is happening with David Johnson was against the Jacksonville Jaguars when he ran for 96 yards. So I think that he's a pretty solid star. I'll say he's like a seven. Before I, move have, on, I have him ranked as a low-end RB2. Before we move on to Duke Johnson, my question about David Johnson is, is this basically his last chance? I mean, we say this every week. Is this David Johnson's last chance? For a lot of no, people. I wouldn't say it's his last chance because he's been pretty consistent in terms of the usage, but it just comes down to the fact that the Texans' offensive line is terrible. He hasn't really gotten the receptions, which is a big concern. So it, it's not really necessarily David Johnson's fault that he's not performing. He's getting the work, but he just hasn't had that same ability to do what he did in Arizona. Yeah. I mean, David Johnson has had 101 carries and only 392 yards and three touchdowns. So right. that tells you all you need to know. And his counterpart in this game, James Robinson, had 107 carries for 481 yards and four touchdowns. So that yeah. kind of shows you what's going on here. And then for, for the receivers, or actually, do you want to talk about Duke Johnson? Is he something worth talking Zero. about? Zero. Okay. So for the receivers, for the Houston Texans, Wolf Fuller is making a name for himself. Nine. Yeah. Nine. Five straight games with a touchdown. He 
continues to get it done. And he looks like that he is becoming Deshaun Watson's favorite receiver. I, I love Will Fuller. I love Will Fuller for this matchup. I really, really do. This is one of those scenarios where I'm very happy that I'm wrong. Because it's yeah. nice to see Will Fuller be coming to his own here in this season. I agree. I agree. This is one that I'm I'm pretty happy that I was uh that I was wrong on. It was never a question of talent. Again, it was always a question of can he stay on the field? And he's done that so far this season. So good for him. And then uh his opposite number, Brandon Cooks. I actually like Brandon Cooks a lot in this matchup. He's a solid flex. I'll give him a six. Um, he has 30 targets in the last three games, and it just seems like as the matchups get softer and softer, the opportunity for Brandon Cooks to come out and have a big game does get does get bigger. So, um, yeah, Brandon Cooks is a very, very good start this week, and the one monster game that he had this year, guess who he had the big game against? Jacksonville. Correct. Yeah, why, why, I mean, of course. Why else would you be talking about it? I mean, yeah, well, listen, everyone on the Texans had a monster game apparently against this Jacksonville team because it's their only win. True. So Very true. And then for these Jacksonville Jaguars, I think just to summarize, in my opinion, I think that with Jake Luton at quarterback, James Robinson has to, have, has to be upgraded, and then you have to have a downgrade for the receivers here, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chanel, and Keelan Cole. Um, well, Robinson – Robinson, yes. I think he's got a solid chance at a 100-yard game. He's an eight for me. You know, start him. The receivers, the only receiver that I think I can consistently look for solid production is DJ Chark, just because I think Jake Luton is really going to be going route one to Chark. I think we could see a ton of targets for him in this game. And, you know, he's kind of struggled the last couple weeks. And you're, if you're looking for a for a bounce back game for DJ Chark, thanks to a you know, rookie quarterback, we could have one. Given the Texans secondary is Swiss cheese, so to speak, having allowed 17 passing touchdowns in seven games. So, yeah, I mean, I like Chark. He's probably like a six for me. He's a low end wide receiver too. So if you could start him, go for it. If you have a better option, then probably play the better option. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's another one of those things where we just don't know about Jake Luton, like what he what he is at this point, because right. this, is, this is his first start, and he's going up against the Houston Texans. But I think, but the Texans are going to be without Whitney Marcellus because I think he was put on the on the reserve list. He was. So he was. That's correct. It's going to be uh, what a great name for a defender, by the way, Whitney Marcellus. A great name for a defensive end. It's a king. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's almost like when uh, Dante Whitner tried to change his name to Dante Hitner. That was wow. a saga. That was a saga. I, rem- I remember that. Oh my god! That was god. a saga. Yeah, that was a that was a time in our lives. Yep. I always like to say I I really missed the time of like 2011, 2012, 2013 in the NFL where the Patriots were like not that good, and it was the and the biggest games were in the NFC West. It was the like the 49ers and the Seahawks had like the best rivalry in the NFL. Those are the days. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Yep. Back when the Patriots only had three Super Bowls. That would have been nice. <laughs> anyway, and we didn't have to worry about fucking Malcolm Butler, but that, that's, that's a me problem. True. That is definitely a me problem. Um, speaking of Malcolm Butler, actually, we're talking about his team playing the Chicago Bears. You, don't yep. make, you can't make this shit up, these segues. 
Um, yeah, so the Chicago Bears are heading down to Tennessee to play the Titans. And we already know that Javon Wims, it will be his suspension was upheld by the NFL. He suspended two games for that fight. But one thing that's interesting is that the Wildcat quarterback or Wildcat H-back, Tim Tebow kind of guy, Mitch Trubisky, he is out for this game. He won't require surgery on his shoulder, but he will stay in Chicago and continue with rehab. So there you go. And uh, oh, Bears, Mitch. Yeah. And the Bears will also be without their uh, center, Cody Whitehair, who tested positive for COVID-19 on Thursday. Correct. And um, also Anthony Miller was limited on Thursday's practice. So, and that was an estimate because the Bears did close their facility on Thursday because of the aforementioned Cody Whitehair testing positive. So there you go. And then for the Tennessee Titans, it's more maintenance, I feel like. At least for, I mean, for A.J. Brown, he didn't practice on Thursday. That's a maintenance thing. Um, Adam Humphreys has not cleared the concussion protocol. He didn't participate in Thursday's practice. Um, and Judavion Clowney also didn't practice on Thursday. And so that's kind of important because – well, I mean, it's not too and I, well. It is important, but because the the Titans' pass rush is just going down down the tubes, because as you know, they released Vic Beasley a couple of days ago after the trade deadline, and so if they're without, uh, even though they both didn't have any sacks, if they are without, they're without uh, Vic Beasley, and if they don't have Jadavion Clowney, that's going to be a lot harder to defend the Chicago Bears. So, yeah. With that being said. Nick Foles, where is he on your starter meter? Uh, negative 6,523. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. David Montgomery. Mm, it's like a f- high-end flex play. I'd say it's like a five. Alan Robinson II. He has another fantastic matchup this weekend, and I'm just praying – that Nick Foles is competent enough to just get him the freaking ball. Um, he's like a seven, but the matchup says he's like a nine. He's a seven just because the quarterback is just – it's a mess. Yeah. No, it definitely is. I think that Nick Foles is probably going to have an easier time in this game than he had against the uh, Rams and the Saints. I would hope so. Well, I think – because, the I mean, the Rams and the Saints have better defenses. Yes, that, than, that is than, true. Than the Titans. And better pass rushes. Pass Correct. rush as well. I mean, Correct. Listen, if you were standing back there with Cameron Jordan trying to kill you, how would you throw the ball to Allen Robinson? Yeah, it's true. Or Aaron Donald. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the correct response that I'm looking for here is uh, you'd be shitting your pants. Yeah, I would. I'm like, can we wear black pants today? I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any stains. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, and then at tight end, uh, Jimmy Graham. Unless you want to talk about Darnell Mooney. At I think Darnell Mooney is one that has to be talked about. Five catches for 69 yards, nice, and a touchdown in week eight. I think if you're struggling with buys and injuries, Mooney could be a very, very interesting play here because Nick Foles seems to like him a lot. And then 
if uh, Anthony Miller plays, is he up there on your three? Okay, three. Now Mooney's like a Mooney's like a five. Yeah, and now Jimmy Graham. Uh, Jimmy Graham. Mm, I would say he's like a five. Yeah, you're hoping for a touchdown, tapering off a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. You're hoping you're hoping for a touchdown there. All right, and then for the Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill. Mr. Tannehill. Yeah. That's another uh, like John thing. He likes Mr. Tannehill. He's like a six. Tannehill. And yeah, then like yeah. six low in QB1. Derrick Henry. Of course, he's a eight, nine, ten, something like that. Uh, yeah, Derrick Henry is a 10. A.J. Brown. Um, seven. Your favorite, Corey Davis. Oh man, this is this is another interesting one because I want to give him the same as AJ Brown. I'm gonna say it's like a it's like a five. I would say it's like a low end flex. Uh, this is it, it's it's a tough matchup against against the Bears. So I would temper the expectations for for Corey Davis. Who do you think Ryan Tannehill likes more? He should like Corey Davis more. Well, that wasn't my question. Who do you think? Who do you think he likes more? Who do you think Corey he Davis. looks to more? Corey Davis. Corey Davis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ten targets in each of the last two games for Corey Davis. So there clearly is something budding there between Tannehill and, and Davis. Yeah, and then I mean I don't know. Is Adam Humphreys worth mentioning, even if he no. does, even if he does play? No. Yeah. Okay. And then at tight end, of course, Johnny Smith. You know, he's starting to fall off a little bit. I'm wondering if there is an injury there that is being masked. Of course, he left uh, two weeks ago and just it really hasn't been the same Johnny Smith as, as we've seen. I would continue to monitor him. But again, I mean, I think if you have a better option, like a Noah Fant or a Rob Gronkowski on your bench, I would be starting them over, over Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith is like a, it's like a six. Is Johnny Smith but, a system tight end? Just because Anthony Ferkser has been doing so well, also. Anthony Ferkser. That's like that's that's a trigger word for uh, John Smith uh, owners. Anthony Ferkser. Oh man, how to make John Smith owners cower in fear? Just mention Anthony Ferkser. Just mention Anthony Ferkser. All right, so uh, let's move on to the Carolina Panthers going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. This game, oh boy, oh boy. Um. Sammy Watkins is questionable for this game. Um, is it looking like he's going to play? What's the deal with that? He's not for a while. We all know. It's, it's 50-50 here. Yeah. Truly. He practiced lim- – he was limited on uh, Wednesday with the hamstring. As we know, ha- soft tissue injuries like hamstrings are really tough to, to negotiate. Indeed. So, yeah. And uh, let's move on to the starter meter. Teddy Bridgewater. I would say outside of Superflex and 2QB, he's probably not in your starter, your starting radar. Like a four. And this is the moment we've all been waiting for. This is it. Guess who's coming back this week? Christian McCaffrey. Thank goodness. Are you okay? Thank goodness. You need to go I to the bathroom? Them. I'm very happy that he's back. Very, very, okay. very happy. 
I always get worried when you do that. It's just, it's natural for me. 10. Christian McCaffrey. Doesn't sound natural. (laughs) Christian McCaffrey. 10. Okay. Welcome back. Welcome back, King. Yeah. What's the role you're thinking about for Mike Davis with Christian McCaffrey? Uh, I mean, you might see him getting some situational carries, but I think his value is is kind of done to anybody that doesn't own McCaffrey. I think if if you see Mike Davis dropped in leagues and you own McCaffrey, you better go pick him up. You better. This is this is your this is your second chance to uh, to make sure that if something does happen to McCaffrey, uh, you have Davis just ready to go and you have yourself covered. Yep. And Mr. Anderson, Robbie Anderson. He's an every week start, but I would say he's more of like a low end wide receiver too. So I would say he's like a six, it's like a six. He's kind of tapered off the last couple of weeks. Yeah. DJ Moore. Uh, it's like a six as well, but I'm not expecting it. I'm not expecting a big game from either one of them. Okay. Um, and then Curtis Samuel also as the third receiver. See, this is the difference now between a uh, six for Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore, and a six for for Curtis Samuel. I think he's I think he's a fine flex. I really do. Yeah, well, he's definitely he has that rushing upside. Yeah, uh, Matt, Matt Rule is really. I think we talked about that like in in September or something, where Matt Rule is trying to get him in different ways in the offense, and he's sure. definitely doing that. Yeah. And my favorite part of the week is where is because when we talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, because we always go through them in like five seconds. Yeah. So Patrick Mahomes, you're Ten. starting Patrick Mahomes. Done. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. See, this is interesting oh. for me. You're, um, don't ruin my favorite part of the week, Bird. I mean, in the two weeks since Bell has been there, Le'Veon's had 15 touches and Clyde is at 21. So the, it's getting closer and closer and closer and closer to being a committee. So, I mean, none of them, none of these guys seem to be great options. I'll say Le'Veon Bell's like a five and Clyde's like a seven. But it's not, it's not a very you know, positive seven for Clyde. Well, I think that Le- that Love Bell is probably going to get like a close, you know, like a, a goal line carry or two. Sure. Because Claude Edwards-Lair, as we know, is not uh, not great with that. Sure. And then for the receivers, Tyreek Hill. Ten. Demarcus Robinson. Six. Michael Hardman. Six. Sammy Watkins, if he plays. Four. And then Travis Kelsey. Ten. And there we go. Fair time of the week. Wasn't that fun? It's great. Fair time of the week. I have a couple of uh, news items that I wanted to get to, and I was saving it for this. So, uh, number one, I'll do the the least most important one that maybe maybe we're getting to the next game. We haven't talked about them yet. Uh, the Detroit Lions have signed Mohamed Sanu to their practice squad. It's two games. Numero uno. Actually, we could talk about them next. Let's do that. Well, we're going to go right to the Lions then. We'll put it to that. Uh, that's number one. Number two, uh, Bruce Arians has said, depending on how pregame workouts go, he believes that Chris Godwin will play on Sunday. Ooh, wow. And then number three, and this is the biggest one, 
Ezekiel Elliott may be limited versus Pittsburgh with the hamstring injury. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on and talk about Detroit and Minnesota. This game is already going to be nuts because of yes. the news with Matt Stafford, where he will not be starting. He's been placed on the reserve COVID list that broke, I think on Wednesday. So we didn't talk about it on the, on the waiver show, but yeah, he's not, he's not starting. It's going to be David Blau. I think it's how David you say it. Blau! Yeah, that. <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. Uh, yeah, so with David Blau starting, um, and Kenny Galladay is, gonna, is doubtful in this game as well. Um, he's probably going to be on IR eventually. I'm surprised he hasn't been on IR. He hasn't been put on IR yet. I think you, you're probably in the same boat with me. Yes. Yeah, it, he, is, uh, he is going to be out for the foreseeable future. And, uh, yeah, so we have that. Is David Blau even worth a start? Is he worth David Blau, no. Okay, fair enough. Moving on to the running backs. The Detroit Lions have a, as usual, they have a fucked up running back situation. Of course. Uh, are any of them worth starting? DeAndre Swift is a flex. Other than that, that's it. Okay. Marvin Jones Jr. for the receivers. Uh, four. Um, Danny Amendola. Three. Who is it? Was there another receiver that you that we talked about on the waiver? Marvin show? Hall. Marvin Hall. That's who it was. Uh, five. Continue to monitor him though. Yeah. Um, and then T.J. Hawkinson. I think he's okay. I mean, I I think that David Blau will uh, look his way. A good amount so i'll say a six you know this is a uh i just realized this is a revenge game for adrian peterson it is it is david oh goodness adrian peterson might score and take a touchdown away from david blau yeah unless david blau throws him a touchdown david blau throws adrian peterson a touchdown that'd be something, that'd be something. i hate you so much right now <laughs> well would you like to move on to the vikings so i don't have to say david blau anymore absolutely <laughs> for the minnesota vikings it's a bit easier um kirk cousins i mean he's not you're still not starting kirk cousins really no nope. nope. but Five. dalvin cook is going to have a day 10 this Detroit lions team because the Ten. listen the vikings are going to be up big late in this game and they're going to be running the, they're going to be giving dalvin cook the ball so 10 10 10 alexander Ten. madison Unless there's a team full of David Blows on the on the field for uh, the for the defense, the Detroit Listen, you Lions. You promised me. You promised 11. me you weren't going to say David Blau again. David Blau. <laughs> if there are eleven of them, oh my goodness, then Dallin Cook may have twenty carries for negative twenty yards. That'd be something special. That would be something. And then for the receivers, Justin Jefferson, seven. Adam Thielen, nine. And then I, Irv Smith is the tight end, really. Yeah. That you're worried yeah, about like for, the, for the Vikings. Two. Yeah. All right. We are almost done with the one o'clock games. Almost. We have That's two games. Through. Yeah. New York Giants going, uh, going to Washington. Uh, this game. Oh, boy. Uh, Devontae Freeman's questionable. Uh, Sterling Shepard's questionable. 
Dontrell Inman is questionable. And that's kind of what you're what you're looking at here. Um, so for the New York Giants, the New York football giants, are you starting Daniel Jones in this game? Uh no. Three. Yep. And so Devontae Freeman was limited in practice on Thursday, and so was Sterling Shepard. So that was worth monitoring, of course. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so if Devontae Freeman doesn't play, then it's going to be Wayne Gallman and Deion Lewis. And Alfred Morris. And Alfred Morris, of course, a Jason Garrett favorite. Alfred Morris, Morris. revengeance game. Oh, Alfred, Mor- Alfred Morris is going to score. Alfred Morris, revengeance. Anyway. Yeah. So who do you like the most out of this running back tandem? Uh, with group? a gun to my head, Wayne Gallman. Okay. Uh, for the wide receivers, Darius Slayton. Mm, he's, a, he's a nice flex play, I would say. Like a five. Yep. And then if Soren Shepard plays? Eight. Yeah. Eight. He's the number one receiver for the Giants. Him and Daniel Jones seem to have a really, really good connection right now. Yeah, he's a he's a must start. I've never heard this before. Yeah, I, I, I know. I can't believe I'm saying it either. Um, and that wasn't even sarcasm. I've True. literally never heard this before. Uh, <laughs> the interesting thing about the Giants receivers is the the Golden Tate situation. Yeah, he's he's not gonna play in this game either. Yep. Because uh I guess it's Conduct detrimental to the team? Yes. Yeah. Now, I don't know what he did, but... Well, it's not what he did. It's what his wife did. Probably. What did his wife do? No, I think it... I thought it was because his wife was on Twitter saying that they should give... They should just give him the ball more. Or something like that. I did not see that. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Oh God. Football wives. What a time. I know. It should be a reality show. Football it really wives. should. Let me just make sure that that's what it actually is. Anyway, uh, so Evan Ingram in this game as well. Six. And for the Washington football team, Kyle Allen. Three. Antonio Gibson. Seven. Any other running backs for Washington? Or is it just going to be Antonio Gibson? Just Gibson. Terry McLaurin. Eight. Another must start. The James Bradbury experience. Yeah, but he had seven catches for 74 yards against him a couple weeks ago. That is very true. Yep. This game should be interesting. Could probably go down to the wire again, just like the last one. Yeah, and if you're looking for a tight end stream as well, I think Logan Thomas could be okay. All right. Now we are at the end of the 1 o'clock games. Thank goodness. Denver yes. at Atlanta. Yep. And um, this is one of those games. So Phil Blinsey is questionable with this game, in this game. Tim Patrick is questionable in this game. A.J. Boye is t- questionable in this game. Um, it's, it's something. So, uh, Phil Blinsey was limited, Tim Patrick was limited, and A.J. Boya did not pass concussion protocol. So, we have that. And then for the Atlanta Falcons, 
oh, wow, the Falcons receivers are on the injury report. I've never seen this before. I've never seen this before. This is a shocking development. I know. Uh, Calvin Ridley was held out of practice on Thursday. And Russell Gage was limited in Thursday's practice. Calvin Ridley with the foot and Russell Gage with a shoulder slash knee injury. Yep. So there, so there's that. Starting off with the Denver Broncos, where's Drew Locke on your starter meter? See, I think 250 and two touchdowns is quite doable for him in this matchup. So based on that, I'm going to say he's like a five. And if Phil Lindsay doesn't play, how much of an upgrade is that for Melvin Gordon? Big time. Big time, big time, big time, big time. I would say Melvin Gordon's like an eight if Phil Lindsay is out. If Lindsay's in, I would say I would say it's like six for both. Okay. And Jerry Judy. I think he's a great play if you temper your expectations. I'll say he's got to be like a like a six. Okay. And uh, Tim Patrick, if he plays? I'm going to say it's like a six as well. I'm going to say it's like a six as well. Back-to-back 100-yard games before he couldn't play last week. Um, I think he comes back in and has pretty good appeal for anybody that's looking for help at wide receiver. And uh, what does that mean for KJ Hamler, though? Yeah, KJ Ham was like a five. Okay. Nah, like a four. Four. Okay. And no offense, a tight end. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think, as much of a bang bang play as you're going to get. I think it's like a nine. Have to play no offense this week. Yeah. Well, especially with how the tight end position is shaking out in this fantasy season. Correct. Correct. And for the Atlanta Falcons, Matt Ryan. Eight. Todd Gurley. Seven. Julio Jones. Ten. Calvin Ridley, if he plays. Eight. Russell Gage, if he plays. Five. Hayden Hurst. Seven. All right. So now we've moved on to our 4 o'clock slot. And look who it is. The Chargers are back in the 4 o'clock slot. Charges. They're back. And it's the Las Vegas Raiders going to SoFi Stadium to play the Chargers. The Charges. Go Charges. Josh Jacobs is questionable in this game. And I think this is kind of – is this the same sort of injury that was with was dealing with him – he was dealing with before the Patriots game a couple weeks ago? Yep. Yeah, the knee thing. It's the same one, the knee thing. So, um, he didn't practice on Thursday. Maybe it's more of a maintenance thing. I think that, I mean, if he doesn't practice on Friday, then that's going to be more of an indication as to his status. But, I mean, it really hasn't slowed him down. He's had he's 523 yards and five touchdowns. So, yeah, definitely. And... So for the Raiders, what is Derek Carr here for you? Yeah, he's a solid stream if you have to. It's like a five. Joshua Jacobs. Seven. He's been inconsistent. Yeah. He's been inconsistent. It's it's sad to say because he was one of my favorite 
targets to go after in drafts coming into this season. And it's just, it's been inconsistent. It's been a rough go at it. Yep. And then the, uh, the Raiders receivers, you know, Hunter Renfro, Henry Ruggs, um, Nelson Aguilar. Probably threes across the board. Yeah. But Darren Waller is, is definitely somebody that you're worth. That's. Worth oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, he's he's a very, very nice bounce-back candidate, especially when you had uh, the Broncos tight end scoring against the Chargers last week. Wall, I think, is a very, very nice option to bounce back. So I would say he's like an eight. Yep. Um, also for the Chargers, so Justin Herbert is worth starting in this game, of course, because he's, he's just yeah. been amazing. Yep, he's a nine. And then, Nine. I, I, I had to really restrain myself from putting him in the top five this week for as far as starting options go. Yeah. Um, Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson. Hmm. I've had to place my money on who the guy is for this week. I would say it's Justin Jackson, but it just seems like this is just a flip-flop every other week. It's somebody else. So I would say I would be fading them if I can. But if you have to play them, I would say that they're probably sixes. But I would fade them. The interesting thing is, um, what's going on with Austin Eckler? Has there any, been any updates on that when he's coming nope. back? Nope. It, the last I heard was that the injury was probably worse than they anticipated. And my gut feeling says that if Austin Eckler and the Chargers are out of it, that they just don't bring Austin Eckler back. Ooh, that's boy. a real concern that I have for anybody that owns Eckler. Well, that's not good. Yeah, not good at all. And then Mike Williams. Mm. I'd say it's like a six. Do you, you like, like Keenan Allen more than Mike Williams? Is that a serious question? No. I would hope not. No. I know you like Keenan Allen more than Mike Williams. Keenan Allen is a god. Yeah, he's amazing. He's a 10. There you go. You have to start Keenan Allen have to it's true especially i mean yeah keenan allen's getting back to maybe god forbid, dare i say getting back to wide receiver one status. oh he's back he's he, he's back there oh yeah way back there and to finish out the chargers hunter henry the future hall of fame tight end the future hall of fame tight end whose name is hunter henry mm, i'm gonna say six Okay. All right, well, let's move on to this game. And you're not going to like it. It's Pittsburgh and Dallas. You feel the eye roll? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, oh, oh, I do. I definitely do. Fantastic. Uh, The main injuries that are worth worrying about is what you talked about. Um, before, a couple minutes ago, which was Ezekiel Elliott, who might be limited. He, I guess it would be a pitch count. He would be on a pitch count. Correct. In this game against Pittsburgh. Correct. So we have that. Do you want to make this easy and just say that you're starting your Steelers against the Cowboys? Yep. Roethlisberger is a nine. Uh, James Conner's a 10. Deontay Johnson's like a six. I just can't trust him to finish out games. Juju's going to be a really, really strong start this week. Seven. Uh, Chase Claypool, I think, has a bounce-back week, so I would say an eight. 
and Eric Ebron, I think the Cowboys just revitalized tight ends that are struggling. So uh, I think Ebron is a really, really good start this week. Seven. And then for Dallas, who you is are sitting going- every Dallas Cowboy imaginable. There, Who's done. starting for the da- for the Cowboys? It's a great question. It's either going to be Cooper Rush or it's going to be Garrett Gilbert. I have no idea who it's going to be. Uh, bottom line is you are sitting every Dallas Cowboy imaginable. That is including Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper. Sit, 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 sit. We've truly, we are truly on a dark timeline and the darkest timeline. Correct. Anyway, uh, the last four o'clock game is Miami at Arizona. And Goody. Yes. Another cross-country trip. Miami going to, uh, to Arizona. Um, Matt Breida is questionable. We saw that Miles Gaskin is going to be – he was put on IR, which I guess is why the Dolphins traded for Isaiah Ford. So we have that. Uh, Kenyon Drake is questionable. Heading into this game, he did not practice on Thursday. So if yeah, he doesn't do anything on Friday, he's probably not going to be playing. Correct. It's probably it's not looking good for uh, for Kenyon Drake. So with that in mind, for the Miami Dolphins, you don't. I'm not crazy about Tua in this game. No, he's a de- he's a desperation super flex play. And at running back. Who is the the main running back? Are they going to just go straight to Jordan Howard for the? It could be Jordan game? Howard. It could be DeAndre Washington, who they traded for this week. It could be Matt Breida. I would think passing downs. It's probably going to be Breida, and then third down and goal line. It's probably going to be Jordan Howard. Well, but can they play I'm DeAndre fading. Washington? I'm, because I'm sorry. Can they play DeAndre Washington because of COVID protocols? Well, they they traded for him on Tuesday, so they they would get he would get there Sunday. But it really is just a matter of will he know the playbook by then. So well, that too, because I know that I saw with the Steelers, like Avery Williamson, who they traded for on Tuesday, is also not is not playing against the Cowboys, and neither is Desmond King for the uh, for the Saints or whoever. Right. Yeah. Right, and that comes down to the four day yeah. mandatory um, isolation, and then you know coming in, practicing, getting to know the playbook. So it's probably smart. Probably smart that they would they would sit him. So yeah, it's probably going to be Brita and uh, Howard getting Hopefully the uh, majority plays. of the reps in this game. So anyway, uh, we have that, and then for the receivers, I mean, you, you got to think that the Dolphins are going to lean more towards the receivers in this game because they're probably going to be down. Um, although you never know, but I think they are going to be down in this game. And Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. Um, they're not it's not as much as when Fitzpatrick was starting, but it's still something. I think that they're probably still worth looks. Yeah, I'm definitely nervous though about Devontae Parker. Preston Williams has targeted five times to Parker's two uh last week, but Devontae Parker was getting the Jalen Ramsey experience versus Preston Williams, who was not. So that could absolutely play a part of it. But Devontae Parker is getting the Patrick Peterson experience this week. So I, was gonna say, yeah. I don't know if that's going to be any better for Devontae Parker. So Devontae Parker and Preston Williams are both fades. I would even try and sell Devontae Parker if you can. Yeah. And then for the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. 
well, we didn't talk about Mike Kosicki either. Oh. Um, Mike Kosicki's like a four. Yeah. Kosicki's like a four. Uh, Kyler's a nine. Nine. Really good okay. player. And then, so if Kenny Drake's not going to play, which it looks like he's not going to play, where does that leave Chase Edmonds? For he's you? a top 10 play. Top 10 play, eight. Start him. Yep. You know, we, we always talk about the quarterback experiences. DeAndre Hopkins will be getting the Xavier Howard slash Byron Jones experience in this game. You know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. He's a 10. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Play him. I mean, what scenario are you even are you even thinking about sitting DeAndre Hopkins? If you hear there's going to be an asteroid strike in Miami where the game might be canceled forever, then maybe. Maybe you'd consider sitting DeAndre Hopkins. But well, I mean, it wouldn't there's matter. There's no meteor in the forecast for it Miami. It wouldn't matter because the game is being played in Arizona. True. Good point. Good <laughs> point. All right, so meteor strike in Arizona. I was going to say well, they'll be in the dome. They'll be protected. I was going to say if Arizona, if Florida somehow secedes from the union and uh, they can't cross the border into, into the United States and they, and they can't play this game, then that's the only reason that you'd be uh, benching DeAndre Hopkins. Correct. But I think that's a net positive for everybody else. It might be. <laughs> and then the tight ends aren't worth mentioning for the Arizona Cardinals. No. So we are on to our final game, and it is the Saints going to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers. Game of the week. This game's going to be really good. Game of the week, baby. For once, Sunday Night Football's got it right. The primetime yep. games are actually going to be really good. Correct. Um, yeah. So for the injuries, Michael Thomas. Here's the big thing. Michael Thomas, will he play? That's it. Will he play? I'm hoping. Uh, the interesting thing is also uh, Drew Brees was limited in practice on Thursday's injury, in Thursday's practice. He was limited with a shoulder injury. Yeah, I think it's more maintenance than, than anything else, but I'm not really concerned about Drew Brees playing in this game. I think it's more what Drew Brees does in the game that has me a bit more concerned. Well, that is very true. Yeah, I mean, that's his, uh, that's the shoulder that was surgically repaired all those years ago. Yeah, true. Yeah. So we have that. And then for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you talked already about Chris Goblin. He is a true game-time decision, the truest of game-time decisions, basically. Where it's going to be if he if he goes through warmups without uh, aggravating anything, then he's good to go. Yes, that then, that is yeah what it's looking like right now at least. And so we have that. All right. So, where is Drew Brees on your starter meter? Playing outside on the road, potentially without Michael Thomas. If Michael Thomas plays, I'll say Drew Brees is a seven. If Michael Thomas does not play, I'll say Drew Brees is a four. Yeah. Alvin Kamara. Ten. Latavius Murray. Five. Michael Thomas, if he plays. Eight. Is Emmanuel Sanders off the list? Is he playing this week or is he still out? 
uh, he could be back. So, I mean, if Emmanuel Sanders plays, I like him a lot, especially if Michael Thomas does come back here. I expect somewhere in the range of five, six catches for Emmanuel Sanders for 50, 60 yards. So, yeah, good play. I'll say six. And uh, finally for the receivers, uh, Traquan Smith. Three. Okay. Um, And then Jared Cook at tight end. I would look for a better option there than Jared Cook. I would say four. Okay. And then for the for the Buccaneers, Thomas Brady. What a great guy. Love him. Asshole. Uh eight. Uh this running back scenario for the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, who who is worth starting out of this running back group? I have Leonard Fournette higher than Ronald Jones this week in my rankings. I think Leonard Fournette is worth of a start, worthy of a start, and Ronald Jones is a sit. So okay. Leonard Fournette's a six, Ronald Jones is a four. Okay, so we got that. And then, uh, what's your re- well, what's your reasoning behind that? I'm kind of curious. Uh, I'm just looking at what the distribution was last week. For- Leonard Fournette played 51 snaps to Ronald Jones' 17. And had 15 carries to Jones at seven. So right then and there, that just screams like, at least for me, that Bruce Darius is looking to get away from Ronald Jones a little bit and that there's some trust issues there. I understand there was the fumble and that could have definitely had an impact on the snap distributions, but you know, it, ha- it has got to be talked about. Yeah, you're right. You're, de- you're definitely right though. Mike Evans has really come into something. In the, I mean, Mike Evans proved a lot of doubters wrong coming into the season, myself included. Yeah, and I think with Antonio Brown now very much in the mix, it's definitely going to take some heavy looks away from from Evans, especially if Godwin doesn't play. If we see Evans, Godwin, and A.B., oh, my God. You know, w- w- where do you focus your attention if you're if you're an opposing defense? So uh, Mike Evans has got to be an eight. He's a really good play this week. If you're Marshawn Lattimore, you're like, hey, Sean, can you clone me? Can, you, can I have three of me? Playing these, receivers. yeah, but, but Lattimore has been one of the worst ranked corners this year, according to Pro Football Focus. So it's not really that much of a you know, shut down sort of matchup that he once was. That's so weird, it really is. It's a strange year, just in general. We saw Xavier Rhodes be one of the worst corners in the National Football League this year, was bottom five, according to Pro Football Focus. He now is top five, according to Pro Football Focus. You had Marshawn Lattimore, who was top 10, according to Pro Football Focus a year ago, who is now bottom 10, according to Pro Football Focus this year. So he brings balance to the force. That's what that is. He does bring balance to the force, yes. Yeah. Embrace your hatred. <laughs> uh, it's like Greg Williams in, in, in an Emperor Palpatine hood. Do it. Embrace Do it. your hatred. Do it. Go for the knee. Do it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you got to like these receivers for Tampa Bay going, in this, going into this game. Yeah, and especially if they all play, I think Antonio Brown's going to get work right away. I yeah. really, really do. Because I think Tom Brady's going to be out to prove a point. And I think part of that does include getting Antonio Brown involved. Yep. Uh, do the Bucks play? Oh, well, that's right. I was going to say, I wish the – who is going to stop the Buccaneers in the NFC? <sighs> Great question. The only team that really has a shot could be the Packers and the Seahawks. And the Packers got fucking murdered by the Bucks when they played. True. True. So, so there you go. 
an NFC Championship game of Tom Brady and the Bucks against Seattle, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Oh my God! Talk about revengeance. That, that is would re- be that would be a slobber knocker, as good old Jr. would say. Yeah, revengeance. Are you uh, are you are you are you a big fan of a nice slobber knocker, Adam? That depends. I'm a, I'm a big fan of a nice slobber knocker. That's nice to hear. Uh, what what about Gronk? Where does Gronk fit in all of this? Nine. Okay. Nine. Yeah, yeah. The Saints are fourth worst in the league against tight ends who will allow 14 points a game to the position. Gronk is a smash play this week. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. All right. And so for the defenses, for all the defenses, we talked about them on Tuesday. So please yep. listen to the waiver show to see our full thoughts. Hear our full thoughts on defenses this week. Correct. And so, yeah, definitely do that. And also for players that are probably not available on waivers anymore, but players that you might be thinking about if they somehow slip through the cracks on your, on your waivers. So Correct. definitely listen to that. And on Monday, we will preview Pats Week. Very exciting stuff. Jets, Patriots, Monday Night Football. Yeah, no wonder why this episode felt like it went faster because we didn't talk about the Jets. Yeah, well... It's why I was happier also because we weren't talking about the Jets. That's true. That is true. Yeah. So I will, I will expect on Monday for you to be a bit grumpy. Yeah. My, well, yeah. That your team will be embarrassed in front of the entire country. It wouldn't be the first time. Won't be the last. No, it will not. It's okay. My team will be embarrassed in front of the entire country too. So we'll be one together. Yep. Well, anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of this. You can find episodes of the Vanilla Basement Talk podcast, the Quizvitational, and our new show, The Debate, on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Please check us out on all of those platforms. Leave us a five-star review. Leave a like. Leave a comment. Follow us, please, for new episodes. Whenever they come out, you can listen to them first on the day, on the minute, the second they come out, you can listen to them if you follow us on those platforms. We all know that you want to listen to us first. Yeah. Because you get some nice sound bites like Chancellor Palpatine and High Denver Man and yeah. Jamie Carragher. Yeah. We, we're a variety act, let me tell you. Oh, please go subscribe to the Basement Talk podcast. A great program. Yeah, man. Great blokes. Yeah, man. Great blokes who are yeah. on the program. You, you gotta, you gotta, this, this podcast thing, it's pretty lit. Even though it. they don't support Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, Philip Coutinho, and Liverpool, don't support them. Absolutely shocking. My co-host, Jamie Carragher. I'm Adam Caster, and we'll talk to you next time on the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye, folks.